This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, Robin's Review. On this day in 1982, we suffered a 1-0 defeat away at Rochdale that took us to the very bottom of the Football League after being sixth in the top flight only three years prior in 1979. So I think it's important that we keep a home defeat to Norwich by one goal in perspective. However, it was the manner of the defeat in the own goal and a defensive error coupled with a good first half that makes it all the more frustrating. Lee's three words were smash and grab. And Matt is with me. Uh, Matt isn't on top form today. He has got a shoal around him and a chest infection. Um, but Matt, we're 24 hours now after that defeat by Norwich. What were your thoughts? Yeah, hello, mate. Um, yeah, I had a chest infection, probably shouldn't have gone yesterday. And then by the time I got home last night, I really felt I shouldn't have gone. Um, oh, I don't know, mate. It... <laughs> There was there were a number of really good things, but you just can't take away the manner of the two goals we conceded. Um, that just leave you sort of scratching your head. Liam Liam Manning must be pulling his hair out. Um, you know, in in the last few games, the goals that we've conceded have absolutely been preventable. Mm. Um, and then you're leaving sort of yesterday, even leaving with a point yesterday, I would have been disappointed. But to go away with nothing, and, and as I say, the manner of the, the the goals conceded, especially the last one from a player who's been outstanding. Let's let's not forget. And I, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. But I've seen comments around, oh, Zach's got that in him, and Zach Viner has been outstanding for eighteen months, nearly two years. Yep. So let's not try and go back to what Zach Viner might have been considered as before. But yeah, it just just left me gutted, mate. Absolutely gutted last night. Yeah, looking at the stats, 61% possession, 15 total shots, six shots on target. I mean, we've beat Norwich on all of those passes, 652. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's the it's the scoreline. It's one, that, one stat that counts, isn't it? Yeah. That we get measured on, absolutely. Yeah, um, one stat that counts. So our guest is someone who might have been at Rochdale in 1982. Um, we'll bring it in. It's Mark Powell. Mark, how you doing, mate? Very good. Thank you very much, guys. I wasn't there in 1982. <laughs> I do remember that result, and I do remember us going bottom. It wasn't great, that's for sure. Yeah, those were dark, dark days. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, let's start off with our talk club check-in. How are you out of 10, Mark? You travelled all the way up from Cornwall for that yesterday. That's uh, important to mention. Yeah, so it's just as well. This this pod is 24 hours later. Yesterday, if I, if I said four, I would have been grumbling still. It might have been a three. Um, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a six today. It's been uh, it's a shocking day out there today down in Cornwall. The rain is coming at you sideways. It's not been a great day. Not done a great deal because of that. So, but yeah, I'm a I'm a six. Yeah, I think that's a good number for me as well. It's uh, it's a Monday after all. Can't remember the last time we did a podcast on a Monday. Um, it has been a very very wet day, um, and I'm sat here looking at Matt, looking a bit sorry for himself. So it makes me a six, <laughs> Matt. I'm probably a five, mate. If I'm honest with you, I do feel actually better than I did yesterday. I felt absolutely yeah terrible last night, and uh, 
during COVID, we got one of those oxygen meters. Oh, yeah. You, know, you could stick on your, <clears throat> your, your finger and tells you your pulse and your oxygen level. And I woke up at like half past four in the night and measured it, and it was at 91, which obviously Christ. isn't great. So I then sort of started to panic a little bit, which isn't really me at all. Mm. Um, but yes, it soon went back up to sort of 96, 97. So maybe it was a battery problem. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm probably a five. But yeah, it would, like Mark said, I think last night I would have been three or a four. Brilliant. Good stuff. Okay, right. Um, before we get into the game, I, I, I people often reach out via Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and email actually, and it's always great to get a bit of engagement. Um, Todd Deloach, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. What a fabulous uh, name! Yeah, he's reached out. Um, he wanted to know what the name of the track was at the end of the podcast, which is a common question. Mm. So I gave him that information, and I think the current one is "Burning Up the Sun" by the Silhouette Showgirls, who are a Chippenham band, no longer in operation, but just a friend of friend of mine who gave me some MP3. So I thought I'll use those. But anyway. Um, he watches the games from America. And I asked, uh, you know, why why Bristol City? And he said, um, I've never been out of the country, but my wife and I are looking forward to coming over someday soon. Thankfully, Robins TV posts four matches on the mobile app because I wouldn't know where else to get access. I was drawn to the club after learning that my French uh, ancestor migrated to... Edwin Loach, north of Bromyard around 1661, and in 1663 boarded a ship in Bristol to come over to Virginia. I currently live in South Carolina. So, I mean, that is convoluted that uh, a link back to Bristol in the 1600s means that he is a Bristol City fan, which I thought was fantastic. And he's going to join us on the podcast as well in the near future. Oh, amazing. Todd, look forward to hearing more about that connection because that is is awesome, Mark, isn't it? That is brilliant. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm just a Bristol City fan because I was born in my grand's front bedroom in Henbury, mate, and grew up in Bristol. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit yeah, boring. That is too boring. Can you come up with something a bit better than that for next time? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'll do my best, guys. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Um, right, so moving on. Uh, the starting lineup, Matt, there were two changes. Naismith out, Pring back in, which was expected due to Naismith's yeah. injury and Pring coming back from suspension. And Bell out and Vyman in. So the lineup was O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Dickey, Pring, James Gardner-Hickman, Vyman Knight, Sykes, and Conway on the bench. There was a first appearance for Mirholtz, um, who's an academy player, um, and we are back up to eight on the bench as well. But your thoughts on that starting lineup? Um, like you said, the the, the Cam Pring one was a, a no brainer. Um, I think Cam would have come back in even if Carl Naismith hadn't picked up the injury. Um, so that was a no brainer. The Andy Vineman one was was interesting in so much as. I don't think Sam Bell has been anywhere near the form that he's, he's shown of late, um, or that he's shown in the past of late. Um, but neither has Andy Vyman done anything to warrant starting. So I think it was a, almost a toss of a coin. You could probably have argued that Mimetti had shown more than either of them of late, but I don't think Anis gives you enough defensively. So... Um, yeah, you know, it, I, I was probably a little bit surprised that Andy got the, the nod, but I think um, already Liam Manning, much like Nigel Pearson before him, sees what Andy Vyman brings from a captaincy and an experience point of view. So I think you know that that plays into it. 
Yeah, Mark, for you, uh, that starting lineup, and also how Vyman seemed to start on the right, and Sykes seems to start on the left. Yeah, so the, the the chat down the pub beforehand, before the team came out um, down to Cooper's Arms, it says, was about is it going to be Bell? Is it going to be Mametti? And when it came up, it was it was Andy Vyman. It was like, okay, the other two haven't set the world on fire, so not a surprise. Um, it was a bit more of a surprise when they took to the pitch and Sykes is over on the left um, when he does all his best work on the right. Andy, Andy is uh, over on the right, but he, he never was out wide. He was always, you know, in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I, I will get into this a little bit more. It, it just meant that um, in the first half, uh, and I noticed it's probably more because it's happening right in front of me in the Dolman stand, but whenever George Tanner had the ball, he had no one anywhere near him. And he had definitely had no one that uh, in front of him that anywhere near the line. Um, so the ball had to go just in one direction again, which which cut off and made it a lot easier for, for Norris to defend. Mm. Matt, what I found interesting as well, obviously bring, bring in the summation of the game in here, but um, Tanner seemed to be getting forward a lot more than Cam Pring did. So I know we've spoken about formations before, but was it a 4-2-3-1? Yeah, I think so. Um, I agree completely with what what Marcus said there. In in all aspects, I think Sykes going on the the left, a left sort of sorry, a right footed player on the left, not something I particularly like. But then Andy Vyman's not left footed, so um, and we'll talk about sort of what what Liam Manning did during the game. The the thing with George Tanner, absolutely. Um, George got a, a fair bit of criticism for going back in sideways, but. Yeah, he just didn't have anything going forward, and I've I've not I couldn't tell you exactly what Liam Manning said, but I know he was asked about it, and he referenced Andy Vyman coming inside, and that kind of led to the goal. And so it obviously was a tactic, um, but I don't think we're getting the best out of arguably one of the top three or four performances of the season so far in Sykes. So yeah, I think it, I think it was as you said, mate. Um, but I'm, I'm not, well, it definitely didn't work to start with, did it? No. Okay. Right. Let's, uh, before we get started, um, we had the remembrance of Terry Venables, which was again, yeah. really well received, really well observed, I should say. And also we had that in the previous game um, at Southampton as well. And I was, I was just yeah. watching, don't know why it came on, but you know, when YouTube, you watch something, something else pops up, I started watching mm. the Spurs, Nottingham Forest FA Cup final. Um, which obviously, yeah, and what what I really liked about that was Brian Clough and Terry Venables walking out of the tunnel holding hands. <laughs> I thought that was that brilliant. Was, that's, that's cluffy for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, fond memories of Terry Venables. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Right into the seventh minute, then Norwich playing about with it at the back, and Sykes closes down, wins the ball. Back it comes across to James, who hits it first time, well blocked. I think that one, Matt, uh, Matt was going to be on target from Matty James. Looked like it, Patch. Yeah, it did look like it, and and you want that's what you want to see your midfielders doing. Um, maybe, probably prefer it was was Taylor as opposed to Matty, but yeah, it was a you know good good ball from Sykes in and Jamo in it, yeah. Yeah, it's good to see that high press as well, um, Mark, and closing it down. We saw it in abundance in the first half at Southampton, but Sykes is is one that is really good at doing that. 
Yeah, Sykes, he had, um, uh, obviously Jason Knight was more was playing more towards that side as well. And the pair of them were were creating a lot of problems for, for Norris getting the ball out whenever they went to that side of the pitch. They closed it down. They closed all the space. It, it, that, if that was one of the tactics, that was that was working quite well. Um, just going back to what you just said about the, the formation patch, hmm. BBC Sport reckons it was a three-four-three formation yesterday, which might explain a little bit about where um, Bring was sitting was and Tanner was going yeah, forward. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. You know, again, looking at the highlights, it definitely seemed it, at times we had a back four. And other times we had a back three. So I'm not quite sure if it was just all fluid and nobody quite knows if there was a a, a set formation. Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, Matt. I didn't, I, know, I, I didn't notice it during Sky, the game. That's Sky had it. Yeah, Sky had it is the same as well. Well, as three, it didn't four, fit three. as a three. Yeah, it, did, it oh. didn't. It, I suppose it felt like it more from Tanner's side that he seemed to be yeah. more kind of, you know, towards the halfway line, but not so much with Pringy. So, yeah. I think it's a question that um, hopefully we can get answered from from Liam, and, and I don't know whether he would even say he, he doesn't really do formations. I don't know if he's come out and says he's going to play four two three one or three four three or whatever. But yeah, it, in, in the game at Southampton, it was pretty fluid as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Eighteenth minute. Sykes losing the ball and Norwich are away. Hits the side netting. Um, and at this point, I've got written here Sykes playing on the left. Of the three, I think that was when I sort of picked up that, um, you know, Andy Vyman and, and Sykes seemed to be staying in those positions. So left and right. And because I thought yeah. they were just going to start and then swap over, but they didn't. But we'll come on to when they did. Uh, 21st minute, it's a Taylor Gardner Hickman chance on the edge of the box. A right sw- right foot in swinger. Well saved, Mark, after a really good build up and layoff from Jason Knight. Yeah, again, so again, that was a, some good work between um, Sykes and Knight again on on that side. Um, and I think everybody was just praying for uh, uh, TGH to hit the same sort of shot as he yeah. did against Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a good shot, but it was, it was a routine save in, in all honesty. He didn't get um, the height on it, did he, in comparison he to the better no. one? Yeah. No, he didn't. But, you know, but it's good to see him breaking through, though. And I think that's obviously given him the confidence to to have a crack more often from that kind of distance. Yeah. And, it, and in yeah. fairness, it's on target. Um, you know, that's the key thing here. you got to hit the target. Yeah, go, go back to the stats, but at the start, you know, six shots on target. I can remember first long spells last season, the season before, where we struggled to get one shot on target. So, you know, strides forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't actually the greatest ball from um Knight into Sykes in the first instance. It was a little bit over here and he had to then bring it back. But um yeah, Taylor just couldn't, as I say, couldn't quite get the elevation on it. No. Mm. Matt, twenty second minute, Ashley Barnes is in after a ball over the top, he chests it down and volleys it over. Um and then after that there was a shot off the post from Hernandez after the pullback from Rose. So two chances in two minutes. But Ashley Barnes was was in a lot of space there, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it it probably would have been um, in the prem offside. He looked he looked like he was, you know, kind of a, a a toe in front. But the defending was scandalous. I mean, I I've watched it back. Rob Dickey's kind of got two men in his vision that he's kind of picking up. Zach's kind of looked at Barnes and then kind of not sort of found him. Tanner's got a man, but doesn't then call Zach 
to let him know that Barnes is free. And so he's completely unmarked. And, and Zach then has a go at um, Rob Dickey afterwards. And Rob Dickey's like, hang on, I, I've got kind of two men here. What, what do you want me to have done about it? But Barnes, should, I mean, he should have done far better with it. He tried to be a bit too clever, really, with it. If he'd kept it low, I think it beats Max all day long. So it was a real let off. And then Hernandez, who, who's he's scored against us numerous times in the past. He's a real handful. I'm sure he, he was at Hull for a while as well. Um, but he's a handful in good move. They pulled the ball back in. I mean, he, he's unlucky that he strikes the pace. It beats Max or ends up again. Yeah. So at that point, Mark, you think, you know, two quick fire chances. We've got away with one and it hits the post and rebounds to safety. But it was a it was a warning. It, it was a big warning. I, I thought at the time that the Barnes, I, I've, I was sure the Barnes was offside. Um, as you say, um, the linesman was never going to put his flag up, so it was just as well he didn't score. Um, I think if Barnes was to look back at, this, at that opportunity, he'll realise he had a lot more time yeah. um, than, than, than he probably thought he had at the time. He, he snatched at the shot, and actually he had more time to have uh, picked a corner out. Um yeah, but we were, yeah, we got we got a bit lucky there with with two two chances we gave away, and and again it's it's two chances from from you know our own mistakes. Um, we've given them the chances because of our own problem, causing our own problems, yeah. really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, twenty fifth minute, Matt. Tommy draws a foul. Um, it's a TGH free kick in a good position, which he delivers into the box, but it's dealt with. So, um, yeah, just a, an opportunity there for for TGH to get the ball in the box. Yeah, I think Duffy got booked as a result of it, didn't he? Um, from memory. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, we know TJ got the delivery, just didn't didn't quite get it right on that occasion. Mm. On this moment, I noticed that um, Vyman and Sykes seem to swap over. And swap, I don't know yeah. whether that came as an instruction from the bench or or what, but uh, you could clearly see that they'd swapped over. And, and more or less instantly, it was um, a great move and a great shot from Sykes. It was a neat one-two with Knight after the layoff from Pring, but it was narrowly wide. Um, actually, this was, sorry, this was just before just they before swapped that, over. They? Yeah, because yeah, he because he comes in from, from the left. Great move yeah. and great shot from Sykes. Neat one-two with Knight after the layoff from Pring, but narrowly wide. On the replay, though, Mark, that one actually gets deflected and should have been a corner. Yes, I, I noticed that he was deflected. It, yeah, absolutely. No, no one appealed for it though at the time. No, no, so, it didn't, did they? <laughs> no, 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 that was a surprising thing because you know I would have thought Sykes must have seen it. Got it was deflected as well, but no one yeah. appealed. Yeah, but mind you, it's pointless appealing. I know because the referee's not going to change his mind. But uh, I was surprised when I watched it back that no one had appealed because yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it may well have found uh, found the goal if it hadn't of uh, taken a deflection. Absolutely, yeah. And it's at this point then that Vyman and Sykes seem to swap over, uh, with Vyman going out to the left and Sykes coming across to the right. Um, and then on the thirty first minute, Tanner whips a lovely cross in from the right, evades everyone. Then Sykes wins a corner. From that, it comes out to Tanner who shoots on target, but a brave Norwich player gets his head on it and clears Matt. Yeah, good strike from Tanner. Um, and you can you can always tell when you think there's a real chance of it going in by the player's reaction. And Tanner knew he caught it really, really well. So mm. again, I think that might have been Duffy that, that that cleared it. But yeah, no, it was a it was a good good strike from George. And as you said, he was getting forward more and having more influence at that end of the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely going to leave that Duffy with a headache. That one, I think. 
Sure. Um, 33rd minute mark. It's a moment. It's a one nil Jason Knight, Dickey forward to Knight, Knight to Vyman out to Sykes. And the ball comes in from Sykes towards Conway. Keeper parries it out to Knight. He almost stabs at it right footed and it's home. It was a, a good finish. Yeah, so at the time I was thinking, oh, the goalkeeper won't be won't be happy. He's palmed it right into the middle of the goalmouth there, but the goalkeeper had to get a hand on it before um, Tommy could have could have yeah. had a, a tap in otherwise. Um, so the goalkeeper did all he could do. Yeah, it was a great move. Um, we we were all sat there going. Now keep Sykes on the right, please, guys, because <laughs> this is what yeah. he can do. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I suppose the only disappointing part with all this this move is a great goal. Um, as you say, uh, Jason Knight took it really well. He kept it down. You know, the ball was right, right along the floor, which mm. makes it even more difficult for the goalkeeper to get to. Um, then, but straight afterwards, they swapped back again, and we're like, "Why have you swapped back again? I didn't, I didn't get that." Really didn't get that piece, but yeah, no, it was good, 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 good move. Great ball in by Sykes, good goal. Yeah, Matt, I think um, there's quite a few people involved in in that. Obviously, Dicky playing it out from the back. Dicky, Dicky plays it through. Yeah, um, Vyman finds Sykes with a nice weighted pass. Yeah, and, and actually, Knighty sort of played a one-touch ball into Vyman, who then played it out. And and to be fair to Andy Vyman, it was you know it was it was a perfectly weighted ball, as you're saying. Mm. Um. It's always a bit of a strange one, this because I mean it was described as a cross shot, but it was definitely wasn't no. going on target. It's blatantly a cross, isn't it? Mm. And you yeah. kind of think with goalkeepers, that happens quite a lot, doesn't it? Where they come for those, palm it out, and he's ended up back in the net. You think actually just let it go across the box <laughs> and kind of see what happens. But luckily, Tommy was alive to it as well and stayed in the net so that he wasn't then any chance of him being offside. And with the way that was it Gavin Ward was the ref? The way he refed yesterday, there was every chance he might have given something like that. So, yeah, that no, was a good yeah. goal. Good finish by Knighty. Okay, a couple of chances after that. 37th minute and 39th. Conway's away, but his shot doesn't trouble the goalkeeper in the 37th. And there's another chance for Tommy. Much better execution, but well saved by Brian Gunn. <laughs> I put Brian Angus. Gunn. <laughs> Angus Gunn. Angus. Um, yeah. after great running and through ball from Sykes and from the corner it's Jason Knight rising high to head over sorry to head but the keeper tips it over so three things to pick apart there Mark first of all um, Conway Conway was away didn't shot trouble the keeper and then it was much better execution um, and the great through ball from Sykes so the first the first uh, chance that that Tommy had he, he just didn't get a hold of the ball it was it was more of a back pass to the goalkeeper um on, on that first opportunity the second one again it was a good ball I thought from from Sykes it, Tommy didn't have to change his run at all you know had he just you know put it a, a foot wider of the goalkeeper he would have found the corner of the goal as it was he, he found the goalkeeper's feet unfortunately yeah. um those were I think what was the good point here, those were two good runs by Tommy and he was picked out on both occasions where he could, he made the run and he took the, took the shot on the run. He didn't have to break stride. Yeah. That's the good bit. Bad bit. He just didn't, did, didn't quite um, connect well enough to score a goal there. And then the, the resulting corner, um, yeah, produced a good, good save by the goalkeeper actually. Um, you had to tip that one over again. Um the other good thing about the goalkeeper, and we've mentioned this before, TGH, we've now got someone who can take corners. Mm, yeah. And we can get somebody who put the put the ball in, 
yeah, you know, every time we can and take a couple a of targets as well. With um, obviously Dicky, Jason yeah. Knight's able to rise high. We've seen. Yeah, well, if, if again the uh, Jason Knight, if you have a look, it was it, Knight and Dicky were were both um, coming in at the back post together. Um, and it was it just it was it was Knight got the ball, but if the ball had gone slightly di- different uh, trajectory, it would have been uh, Dicky would have could have got the header. Yeah, but yeah. no, it was a good good ball in. Yeah, uh, a bit unlucky that little spell. Matt, um, but, um, Mark's yeah, point sorry, there about Mark's point there about Tommy making the run and him being seen and yeah. and put in. That for me has been a big frustration that we've got lots of players making runs and very rarely do we time the pass and actually send it off first time. A couple of times in this in the second half, Andy Vyman made a run um and was running into space, but he wasn't picked out. Yeah, it's um it's that balance patch between retaining the ball, which you know we've talked about, and that's what Liam Manning wants to do. But what I really like about Liam Manning is he, and, and Nigel Pearson was the same to be fair but he sees the game how I've seen it when I've come out and he talked about we need to be braver we need to make that sort of right decision and make the right sort of pass absolutely Andy Vyman did it Sam Bell did it then in later on in the game um, there are numerous times where they make the run and it isn't actually a difficult ball to play sometimes but almost that safe thought is in the mind that I'll go sideways or I'll go back um, so no, you, you, you bang on. What I wanted to say as well about the, 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 the Conway chance from Sykes pass that stemmed from a ball from Zach Viner to Rob Dickey, who then broke through into the lines and then played the ball in. And that's something definitely for me, we are seeing, we're seeing that movement between Zach and Rob Dickey and trying to find the space and then finding it in the midfield. It, it did open them up. And I mentioned to you earlier on, mate, I, I watched the highlights, but from, the Norwich YouTube channel and they were talking about how we were opening them up and it was one way attack and kind of the negativity that surrounds the end result takes some of that gloss away yeah. from some of the good things and I'm not in any way sugarcoating it because we shouldn't have lost the game but actually really good moves at times the ball from Sykes was was lovely to Tommy one of those where I think talking of safety and bravery, I think Tommy at the moment is probably in his mind, hit the target, hit the target. Whereas at Rotherham, it was instinct, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yeah, I know where the goal it. is. Like, yeah. And then with this one, if he looks up, he could actually just pass it into the net because the keeper's just stood still. If he goes near post on the keeper, it's a you know an easy finish. But I'll go back to what I've said before with Tommy. You've got to be in those positions if you're a striker and you're not getting in the positions and getting the chances, then I'll start to worry. So, yeah, yeah some, some really good passages to play, I thought. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Halftime summary from Rob. Tidy half. The learning journey continues. Sometimes we have had a tendency to play hurried like previously and players ball watching. However, slowly but surely we improved on the ball as well as 
as well as out of it. Weimann noticeably playing narrow to free up the flank for the fullback, but definitely works better when he's deployed left and Sykes on the right, as illustrated with the goal, which was very well engineered. Overall, it's much better watch and the players seem to be warming to it. Fingers crossed this game, we don't concede in the first five after half time and we can push on to secure the win. We shall see. Right, um, 50, 55 minutes. It's uh, Sam Bell coming on for Mark Sykes. Now, Matt, this really confused me. I don't know if if Sykes has had a knock or not, but um, for me, you, he's got to be staying on the pitch. So I've not, I've not heard Liam Manning talk about a knock. I've seen various fans' comments around Sykes. He looked absolutely knackered when he was coming off. He didn't as he jogged around in front of me in the south stand. Um, so no, I was really, really surprised um, for me making that change. I didn't disagree with Sam Bell coming on necessarily, but it would have been Andy Vyman that I would have been making the change for. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sykes has played a lot of football, so that mm. that may have come into it. He didn't get any kind of break during the international break, but it just felt as though you know Mark referenced it. We were we were really on top when Sykes was on the right hand side. And then we immediately switched it back in the second half. He's not that as effective. And then he comes off and it just, I was like you completely befuddled by it. Yeah. So interestingly enough, uh, my nephew, um, who I sit with, who sits one side of me, he called it straight away saying, I think you're fine. It's going to be Sykes going off. He, he, he looks like he's having, he's got a problem. And uh, your brother, Patch, who sits behind me, he called it as well. They both called it saying, I think he's fine. It's going to be Sykes going off. Right. Yeah. Okay. I never pay any attention I, I, to Julian. Your nephew, no problem, but not not Julian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really joking, Julian. Good, good point. Good point. Well made. No, but it shows, um, though, they, Mark, doesn't it? Like from where I sit in the sand stand, like and Patch where you were, I couldn't see that at all. So it just mm. shows that. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe because he was he was more over on our side yeah. at this point yeah. in front of the Dolman. Yeah. They both called it saying, "I think he finds me Sykes." Um, and if it's if it's because he was getting a bit of a knock or he was you know mm. slowing down um mm. yeah good good move as you say he's played a lot of football of like yeah absolutely well a couple of minutes later uh it's the equalizer and it's it's kind of i wouldn't say out of nowhere but um it, it it's I just would. the, the yeah, well, would, yeah okay the the yeah. the, ma- the manner of which it goes in it's it's coming across Max is probably gonna gather it um and George Tanner's just stuck out his foot and it's gone into the net um and that was after the the, the ball was sort of lost in midfield um Mark your thoughts on on that that goal uh, so it, at the time I didn't realise how the ball had gone in because oh, right. yeah, you yeah, know, angle because of the angle we're on it. And then you see it back and you just think, oh, come on. But you're right. The, you know, the, the, the problem started. We lost the ball again in, in midfield. Um, it, it was a good ball from from their guy who picked out the, the you know, the the guy who had the shot. It was, it, it, that was a good ball in, into mm. space. And it's just, you know, that ball could have gone anywhere off of George Tanner's foot, um, anywhere other than where it did. And it wouldn't have gone in. It was the perfect deflection with with Max moving in one direction and the ball just sneaking in by the post there. Yeah, absolutely gutting. And, and and I agree with you as well. I think it was against the run of play. They 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 never looked like scoring until that point. No, no. 
first, first I, opportunities that we talked about in the first half taking it aside, you know, yeah. we, we were never in trouble. Yeah, Ashley Barnes and then the hit in the post, that was it really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. the thing is, Patch, when, when you watch it back, they play a, a ball from the defence that um, so there's a, a little bit of a um, an appeal for a penalty. TGH clears it. It then breaks to Andy Vyman, who controls it and looks to come in field. And he possibly doesn't get a shout, but he looks to come in field and is easily sort of shaken off the ball. The ball then gets played out wide. If you you watch Andy Vyman, he sees that the lad who takes the, who ends up getting the shot, he sees that he's unmarked and he can, he's, he's watching him. But then he doesn't go out towards him and, and he stays where he was in the middle. He gets the ball and as as Mark says, he plays the shot, the the, the cross shot in. Max is is definitely gonna save it. <laughs> Being a bit critical of George, he is absolutely unlucky, but it's one of those you, you dangle your foot out like that, there's mm. always the risk of it. Um, but you know, I've I've seen, I mean, Christ, Man City have conceded goals like that this season. That's your defender's lot, isn't it? You know, other times he yeah. blocks that, and we're saying what a great challenge it was. But it was it was a really poor goal to concede because we had the ball, gave it away, didn't pick up the men. Mm. Yeah, okay. Seventieth minute now. Bell gets his cross in, but the keeper cuts it out with Conway ready to pounce, followed by a George Tanner big tackle and the yellow card for George as well. So um yeah that that was kind of needed at that point I think to try and get the crowd going but didn't feel like it really did unfortunately. Um Is it worthy of a booking patch? Uh, in front of you wasn't it? Yeah, I it was just maybe a little bit overzealous but you know you've seen yeah. seen him seen him given. Um and you've seen him not but um focusing on that good the good bit there it was Sam Bell getting his getting his cross in which I thought was a decent cross and uh, yeah Conway was there ready to pounce, but didn't quite come to him, Matt. Yeah, I think it was the one that got the deflection, wasn't it, on the cross? Mm. Um, and as you say, sort of Tommy was there. I'm still still not convinced with playing Tommy on his own down the middle. Um, I know Jason Knight sort of gets closer to it I mean, and kind of goes beyond, but I just don't think we're seeing... I'm going to contradict myself now as I'm talking. Um, don't think we're seeing the best of Tommy. Tommy could have had four or five goals in the last two games, couldn't he? Yeah. So actually, you kind of look at it that way and go, if he scores those goals, we're then saying, oh, he can play that role. <laughs> so mm. it just shows, you know, how it is with, with football, isn't it? But yeah, it was, um, Sam did okay when he came on. He, he at least looked to try and take his man on, didn't he? So, yeah. 72nd minute, it's Vyman off and Mehmeti on. Uh, Mark, uh, we, we still don't quite know what we're going to get from, from Mehmeti. We've seen that he's got it in his locker. Um, and we've seen him carry the ball forward, but uh, that was just a, a roll of the dice, that one. But and it, I think it had to be made. I think, I think at this point, um, Andy Vyman wasn't affecting the game. Um, and and we'd gone, we'd, we'd gone very, you know, the team were flat, yeah. Um, the, the crowd was flat, and I think we needed to do something to, to get the get the team going a bit more. Um, it just wasn't happening, was it, in the second half? I don't, I don't know why or or what it changed because I don't, I don't think anything. I don't think Norwich were doing anything special. Um, um, in fact, again, uh, a number of people who said that's got to be the worst Norwich team to come to Bristol in decades. Um, um, I would disagree yeah, was, with that. Was, yeah, 
it, it's it's um they were really good uh, in the cup game earlier in the season weren't they i remember them being really impressed with them yeah they were played play some really good football didn't they that night but mm. I, I guess that also shows low on confidence although i think yes. is that their third win in four games but he Wagner yeah. was under a bit of bit of pressure um mm. he's not yeah, really they're all the judge, judges houses is he but Nah, but all the talk was Norwich loses, and he's he's yeah. he was getting the sack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it it's, it's an interesting so, one though that half time situation because we saw it against Middlesbrough. Um, you know, we were two 0 up and then two two within what 10, 15 minutes. We saw it against Southampton where we've we've controlled large parts of the game against a very good football inside, and then we controlled. I'd, I'd probably say the first 10, 15 minutes were even more to Norwich, but the rest of that first half was all us. And then the second half, it's like we, I was going to say revert to type, but we revert back to the really sort of days when we were struggling mm-hmm. under yeah. Nigel Pearson reign at the start, not not of late with Nigel Pearson. And I don't know why. And Liam Manning's come out and said that he wasn't actually over positive at halftime because he wanted them to come out with fire in their belly. And, for whatever reason, that just didn't happen, did it? Yeah, yeah. So, it was. It was all. It was all flat. I tell you, one of the things I noticed, uh, and we, we talked about Cam praying um, a couple of times. Cam, and again, we used to see this more in the second half because he's right in front of me in the Dolman stand. He had the chance to go forward, and he just didn't take it. And at one point, um, he's there, and the ball's been passed uh, literally a yard in front of him, and it wasn't. It wasn't as if the ball was hit with any pace, but because he's so back on his feet. You can't, you know, you, you don't. You yeah, don't it went get out of play, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. he had no. It was like there was no thinking in camp that he should be. Go, he, he should be going forward. Um, yeah, and I that kind of like summed up what was going on. I think there was there weren't enough people, and he, I think you mentioned it earlier on about people taking being braver on the ball and taking more responsibility. There was too much safe play going on, and not enough, you know, trying to trying to um, take the game to them. Um, it's it's interesting just Mark, because um, I know Adam, um, who obviously is a, a regular contributor, said that he noticed that that was kind of a, a directive almost that that Pring was you know not not kind of being told to go forward as much. But I think if you're playing that shape, you, you're yeah. going to, and if you're at home as well. But Pringy for me is is I think I said it last week. He's just not at the levels that he was. His fitness levels don't look quite as good. No, he's making no. he's having to make last ditch challenges an awful lot, as opposed to being in the right position and making it. And that that comment you made there about him not he just wasn't on his toes for that. It was a really no. good opportunity, and he's yeah. on his heels and has to apologise. But it's like. Come on, Cam, you should be on that. So unless yeah, that, he is, unless it is three four three and he is playing left centre back. Yeah, I don't I, he definitely <laughs> wasn't playing left centre back, was he? But um he you know, Adam said, didn't he, that he'd seen, you know, during the game sort of Liam Manning saying to to mm. Pringy about it. But yeah. um I don't know, it's you'd like to think that the coaches that are there would have been saying, look, this is what this lad's all about. He can, you know, he's, he's strong. He can get in there. We were talking about campering in the last season, being a Prem target. He's, yeah. he's nowhere near that level at the moment. Nowhere near that level. 75th totally minute, it's a uh, night crossing. Uh, it was steered goalwards by Conway, and it was an easy save for the keeper. I think he just kind of got his foot on that, and uh, 
Romero-esque, wasn't it? His second one, we yeah. sort of tried that little flick, yeah. Yeah, but it just didn't have any pace on the shot, unfortunately. Um, right then to the 80th minute, a well-earned corner after great running from Knight and TGH. But uh, TGH, <laughs> we've pl- given him lots of plaudits yeah. for excellent crosses on corners and set pieces. But God knows what what happened with that one, uh, Matt. That was right in front of you. I don't quite know what he, he did. He, he just literally. Kicked. I mean, what was funny is before he took it, the the assistant. Um, ref was looking to see that, that there was enough of the shadow of the ball within the quadrant um, and then he literally drilled it behind the net um, yeah. and then what he proceeded to do was then look at the ground as if to say God, I've got a bit of a bad bubble there or that that earthworm was a bit big uh, so, wasn't it so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no it was dreadful yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he got substituted. It's gonna say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, your 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 punishment for that is you're off, and yeah, Joe yeah, Williams off, is yeah. on, um, and uh, Conway came off as well, and Harry Cornett came on. So ten minutes plus injury time for the for those two to affect the game. Um, Cornett does affect the game. Cornett long throw falls to Knight, who lashes over in the eighty third minute mark. So that's one that you know Knight scored a goal earlier in the game. He's kept it down. If he did just kept that one down. Um, then it might have actually troubled the keeper. Yeah, I, I think the problem was he was leaning back before the yeah. the ball even came to him. So he, when he's lashed at it, yeah, he, he's leaning back. The ball was always going to go well over over the bar. I think that was the only. I think I think Harry had three long throw-ins. I think that was the only long throw-in which was uh, into the danger zone. I don't think either of the other two long throws. I, I'm, not, I'm not even. I don't even think they made the 18 yard box or the last one. Right. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 85th minute. I think you referenced this, referenced this already, Matt. I put Williams wasteful. It was a simple pass to Pring that goes out of play, but you're kind of intimating that he wasn't on his heels to get to it. Yeah, I I, I felt it was more Pring than Williams. Okay. Um, yeah. I think if 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 we're attacking, Pring he should be looking for that ball. And he he wasn't. He was on his heels completely. But there's something that yeah. I've noticed in the last few games really is pass pass completion. You know, in in a in a more advanced position. I don't know whether whether it's the overplaying it or what, but for me that was yeah. another opportunity for us to what, get what I will forward. say with, with with Joe Williams patchy is that he does he does hit a kind of driven pass. So there's always a little bit more pace on it and, and that can set you off a little bit. So mm. um I, I thought Joe Williams when he came on and he didn't do everything right, but he he played a number of good sort of passes out wide that could have set us up. Yeah. Okay. And then it's the 94th minute. It's the the moment that literally was out of nowhere. It's Adam Ida getting the wrong side of Zach Viner and he finishes off his shot and the game um for us and win for Norwich. It was Mark that not defending that Zach Viner will want to see again. No, no, it, it it looked bad at the time, and then you look at the replay on the on the highlights and it's it's even worse. Um it's even worse when you look at it on on the highlights as well because the the ball from the defender was a hit and hope ball at down the line as well. This was not like he was picked out or there was any kind of conscious effort. I don't think with you know with the defender who, who just walloped it upfield. Um, and yeah, Zach's made a right yeah mess of that one. Um, it's like someone else said at the time. Why didn't Zach just bring him down outside the box? I know he would have got sent off. But it was a one-game so one ban. Um, yeah, I well, just—I mean, my 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 reaction was literally, "No, Zach, no, no, you can't do it, no." And yeah, it's 
when you watch it, it looks like he, he, he almost thinks he can go and win the header or yeah. sort of get the ball in his midriff, but then just gets completely wrong-sided. And once he's wrong side, he has to bring him down. He's got to take one yeah. for the team. What I'd also say is when you watch it back, Max makes himself smaller. He does. And he's, so when and the he's ball not comes, in the right part of the goal, no, yeah. He's, he's not. As the ball comes, that guy's only really, I mean, he, he can go near post, but he's always shaping to go that curled shot into the far corner. And rather than being that sort of star, strong shape, Max turns and just narrows the angle for him. So not not great goalkeeping as well, but, you know, you've got to say it's, it's 95% down to Zach, 5% to, to Max, but it's, it just leaves you devastated because, mm. as I say, coming away with a point, you're gutted, but to, to walk away with nothing and seeing Wagner running on the pitch and celebrating <laughs> in, I know he got booked and yeah, it just, and they didn't deserve it. And, no. and that's why Patch it, it, you know, I, t- I talked about sort of seeing some of the comments on social media and, but it just taints so much of what people have then seen mm. because it was then all about, I mean, I, you know, I, I was even seeing comments about Liam Manning being sacked and bringing Nigel Pearson back in, it it just it just taints some of the good things that had gone in there. Wasn't a complete performance any stretch. Second half wasn't good enough, but it wasn't all bad. And I could still see improvements in the way that we were playing. It's just where it matters most, wasn't it? And, and just going back to that comment there uh, about some of the comments you've seen on on social media, Matt. You know, let's not kid ourselves. We've been here before with the Stoke City game. Yep. Yeah, you're right. No, it's good, good shape. And and you know, as I, I'm at pains to say, absolutely everybody has got you know right of their opinion. They can see it how they want to see it. I'll see it how I want to see it. But you know, also, also just be a little bit open to say actually, we've controlled mm-hmm. large parts of that game. To talk about it being really boring football, I I didn't feel that. But again, my my opinion on it, others clearly feel that it's quite a negative way of playing. Okay. Right, let's get on to the uh, player ratings then. And we've asked Twitter again, and uh, there's lots lots of uh, suggestions, Matt, in terms of the, the score. Um, so if you're ready, I'll read out yep. a few. So Dear Drooper, yep, yeah, Dear Drooper, 5.85. Yep. Need to get the basics right as well. Uh, Chris Charge, 6.15. Uh, Robin over here, that's Beth, not Roof, 6.1. And I hope Twitter X calms down. Our fans have driven tins to quit the platform. That's sad. Not a happy day at all. We'll talk about that Chat later. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, XR Robin, 6.06. Rob Morris, 5.64. Uh, Doug Judney, 5.5. Uh, Mark Hutchinson, 5.9. Kelv Smith, 6.00. Nice possession play but we need to work on the final third and take our chances when they come. Least... That, that might be Smudger, one of the guys I used to work with. So yeah, right, okay. yeah, even even if he's bang on, he's not getting it. Right, Lee Spicer, <laughs> two. Um, SJPBCFC, five. Steve Hoare, six out of ten. Tim Brady, 6.01. Josh Bryan, 
six point sorry five point two five mark britain five point five six dale brooks five point nine dale merry six point two kevin wood six point two five kevin clark no more than five at best second half was dire like southampton don't know why we can only play for 45 minutes uh julia newton five nick marsh one um and Johnny Blundra, one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. Not even sure where to start with scores. So uh so there you go. <laughs> I do I mean I don't I don't know if Nick Marsh or um Lee are um gas heads, but two in one <laughs> is a little <laughs> bit harsh, lads. Yeah, um absolutely. but yeah. Um, but again, it shows, doesn't it, how pe- people feel about it is is just it takes a gloss off it, and some of that will be reflected in in the scores. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to find what what mine was. Um, Mark, do you want to do yours? Yeah, last so when I did mine uh, in on the in the car on the way home last night using Android Auto, by the way, so I wasn't typing, I was driving. <laughs> uh, I said five point eight five. Okay, yeah, I can't find mine, but Matt, you carry on. Right, so oh, um, five point six. Five point six. That uh, was it, right? And okay. Tom, Tom Rule, Northern, Northern Tom was six point one. Yeah, he's he just haven't got it, Northern Tom, has he? Um, so Max, I went six. Um, I toyed with with five because I didn't think his distribution was great yesterday, and he didn't have a huge amount to do. Um, and what he, I mean, I suppose he made himself big for the Ashley Barnes chance, but, you know, the other one he was beaten by. And, and as I said, I was disappointed with his effort with the last goal, but I stuck with a six on it. Um, Pringy, I went five. I'm just, I'm just not seeing Cam Pring at his best at the moment. Um, defensively, excuse me, I thought at times Hernandez caused quite a few problems, um, but I'm just not seeing enough of him going forward. Apologies to, to Cam if that's because that's a directive from the coaching team. But I think when you get opportunities, and, and he, he definitely has, because there was a couple of times in the second half where he did kind of go into the area. So I don't think it is. But yeah, I went five for Cam. Um, I went six for Rob Dickey. That could have been a seven. I thought Rob did okay. But again, he is part of a defence that concedes two goals. And then this is... Possibly a bit unfair, but for both George and Zach, I went two fives. Um, and the reason being was because both of them made made crucial mistakes. George's is probably less so. Um, and it's an interesting one with George, because because I I thought he'd had a reasonable game up until then. And I know he had the tackle. Um, but I've seen a number of comments from others talking about it being a really poor game from him. Um and others saying it was an outstanding game from him. So it it kind of shows how, how you look at certain players, doesn't it? But for both George and Zach, because of those those mistakes, I went fives. If they don't make those mistakes, and, and probably in particular with Zach, Zach's definitely getting a six, but I can't not penalise him for that last one, unfortunately. Um, Midfield-wise, I went six for Matty James. I was interested, Patch, to see Matty James say after the game, that it, it was the most comfortable that he'd felt. Um, felt that we controlled the game. He was really comfortable. And maybe, I mean, obviously that that's a, a good thing, probably to the degree of the control, but maybe it was a little bit too comfortable at times and we didn't push ourselves when we needed to. Go back to that bravery situation. 
So I I'd went, like to see so, more. I'd like to see more from Matty James, like we did in Southampton, with that ball over yeah. the top to Tommy Conway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I spoke earlier on about people making runs and quite often them not getting the ball. Um, I'd like to see a bit more he, of that. He seems to be very much that he's he's kind of the one I'm who's Marshall. sitting in. He's sitting in and yeah, um, directing kind of what goes on. So I went six for him. I went six for Taylor and Sykesy. Um, and I went a seven for Jason Knight and man of the match for Jason Knight. That that could even have been an eight um, because his energy levels are just obscene. Mm. Um, and he, he, he sets... If you take Jason Knight out of that team, I worry that we might get dragged into something. I think Jason Knight gives us so much energy that when we get a couple more players back and possibly do some business in January... I don't think that will necessarily be the case, but I thought Knight was was excellent again. I've talked about Sykes, who played a lot of football. Jason Knight's played the same amount, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, seven for Knight, your man of the match. And then I went three fives for Andy, Tommy and Sam. Um, might be a little bit harsh on, on possibly all three to an extent. Um, and I, I did this last night, literally an hour after I got home craving to get in my bed because I felt dreadful. So maybe that <laughs> came into it. But yeah, I, I went three fives for the the forwards. Um, yeah. Uh, I would have gone three fives for him as well. But it, yeah. They just didn't affect the game enough, did they? No. No. no okay. and, you, and, 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 you know, Tommy Conway's my favourite player. Um, but, you know, he's, he's searching for that goal and that finish at the moment, isn't he? So, and like you said, Patch, you look at the Rotherham goals... He had no right to score either of them, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, on, on that basis, um, that's an average of 5.58, which which feels possibly a little bit low on some of the performance. If if you're marking the first half, I think the first half is is a good 6.5, almost 7. Mm. But but we're not. It's over the game, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the full... The... The full match performance will come soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it will. So um, there was a Who... Mr. Patrick Warner with 5.6, <laughs> who's only 0.158. No, um, more than that. So what was it? What was the average? Five, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was. Five, I'm reading 5.85. That was what Mark had. It was 5.58. Yeah. So, yeah. So you had, you had 5.6. 5. 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.02, 0.
Um, I, I'm not on Facebook or Twitter. Um, the only time I see anything from any of those platforms is when people highlight it. You're banned, and don't I you? Ever see. <laughs> when, whenever I see anything highlighted, it's always some, you know, some really horrible stuff. And if that's why Tins has gone and left, you know, left Twitter is because of horrible stuff which is going around. Mm. We're all we're all the poorer for it, and, and, yeah. I, and I, I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Um, it this that's not for me. You know, I've seen lots of comments about John Lansdowne as well, um, and I don't get these comments. You know, from our own fans to these for these players. And as I said, Tins is now gone. Is mm. is his input? on Twitter was, was brilliant. You know, um, no, what I really liked about Twitter, about, about Tin's comment yesterday was around the sub mere Holtz. Yep. So you knew um, where he played in. Yep. yep. And not everyone will, yeah. will know. And unless you yep. watch it under 21s, you won't know that he was, uh, what was it? Six foot two midfielder. Did he say? Yeah. Yeah. And 17. All, all I would say is, um, because of, what he said in terms of see you in the Premier League, that then just left himself open for fans to come back with something. I think if I if I was Brian and Patch, you know, we've how many times have we had this conversation between me and you about don't kind of rise to it and stuff. Um, but you know, he, he's he's doing his job. I don't think anybody can question what what Bristol City means to Brian Tinian. Um, something else we'll talk about is the the. Um, the evening with Jeff Twenty and Gary Hours, but but Tins was there, very open, um, and I think it's a sadder place when you lose that connection. We keep talking about him wanting communication, yeah. but why why would you put yourself through it if you're going to get abused? You know, I've I've talked about my own Bristol Live column and some of the the comments that have been made on there that have made me feel like, do you know what? I I don't want to do it. I don't get paid for it. I know Tins does but not to be abused. And some of the abuse that I've seen, especially directed at the Lansdames, do you know, there's, there's a there's a small part of me, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but would, would like John and Steve to sell it up. And then we find ourselves in an ownership like other clubs have had to be able to turn around and go, there you are, that's what you wished for. And now, mm. you know, you're part of the reason why we're in where we are. Now, of course I don't want that. And, for every bad owner, there's a good owner, or maybe not, maybe two or three bad owners is a good owner. But, you know, I don't know whether some of these fans are setting up just giving pages because, you know, sell up, Steve. So whether they're looking to, um, you know, yeah. try and fund it, it just, you've got to be so careful what you wish for. And that's not giving them a free ride at it because they absolutely have made mistakes. But I do think they're trying to correct that with the communication. And then for Tins to have to come off of, X because of some of the comments it's just a real shame it's a real shame and I'll be yeah. fair patch I don't know if either of you I've not looked to see what the comments were to see you know was was it that critical for him no. to come off but you know, Tins is a big yeah. break isn't he? <laughs> you, know? you know Matt your, your comment there about the Lansdowns and I you know I've seen I have seen comments people are showing me you know you know Lansdowns sell up and get out of our club yeah. well you know if anybody there has got the millions to you know to to keep the club going every year, because let's be fair, this is the, he doesn't make any money out of it. It's not like he's the like yeah. the Glazers. He's taking yeah. a dividend every year and piling on more debt on the club. All he's ever done is put money into the club. All he's ever done is is build the club for the future. You've only got to look at our stadium these days and the training yeah. facilities. 
And I just think comments like sell up and get out of our club, I think it's just so disrespectful. Mm. So disrespectful. Yeah. And, and that's what social media allows. And, and like I said, you know, we, we get accused of it, but being in bed with the club and nothing could be further from the truth. We will be honest about it. Do I like the Lance yeah. names? Absolutely I do. Because of where my following of Bristol City has come from, to being able yeah. to sit in that south stand, not with me legs t- tucked under me chin, to be able to have a nice pint and a, you know, a drink and a, a pie or whatever before the game. And it's not about that, because it's about what you've seen on the pitch. But it's almost like people think they've deliberately hired managers that are going to fail. They've deliberately yeah. gone. You know, I saw someone saying about um, Liam Manning. You know, we've signed Liam Manning, so he's got to learn his on-the-job experience I think that. with us in the championship. Oh, well, hang on. Are Ipswich fans saying that about Kieran McKenna when they hired yeah. him? <laughs> you know, we're, it just... But it, I'm being critical. It's still about opinions. I just don't like the vitriol that gets used. I don't like it personally. And your point, Mark, it's about respect. You can still criticise, but you can still be respectful with it. When you start to see some of what gets said, there's just no need for it. No, do it with facts. Absolutely. The other thing I would say is, you know, have the Lansdowns made every decision, management appointment, got it right? No, they haven't. However, in fairness to Steve, every time he gets it wrong, it costs him money that he then puts into the club to cover up his mistake. Yeah. And he's he's put a lot of money into the club to cover up his mistakes. So it's not like uh, uh, you know we make a mistake and and it it goes unpunished. He makes a mistake. He puts money into the club to cover it. Yeah, I just I your your point, Pat. I just think it's a real shame that someone like Tins, who gives us insight mm. into the academy and what's going on, has felt that he needs to come off of social media from that point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, for a bloke that, that really cares. Right, let's move on. Um, before we come on to your synopsis of your your night with Jeff and Gary, right. um, I... <laughs> that's, where you, that's where you got that's where you got your cold from. Um, yeah. I listened to a podcast today, and it was called "When Shorts Were Short," and it features FPA's own Neil Palmer, all talking all about Jerry Gow and uh, his period at Bristol City and beyond. I really recommend it. Um, for those who don't know the history of sort of Bristol City in this in this uh, 70s, um, it's a good walkthrough, and it's a really good podcast, so I'd recommend that. When Shorts Were Short, it's uh, the latest episode that's on there. It was posted on Saturday, so uh, anyone who's a City fan, old or young, needs to listen in to that one. Um, and you were watching When Shorts Were Short, weren't you, Mark? I was, and Jerry Gow, mate, is is he's still my all-time favourite player. What a bloke! Uh, you know, we've talked before about you know teams that were all together. That seventies team was just fantastic. We knew we, we knew who was, who was going to play every week, um, and if they didn't, it was in, on the back page of the of the Evening Post <laughs> as a as a major headline if someone was injured and not going to be playing. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant times, brilliant memories. Um, yeah, well, yeah. if we ever see those times again, you know, it's going to be fantastic for all, that's for sure. Brilliant. No, fantastic. So that's that's Neil Palmer on a podcast. And Matt, Neil Palmer, part of the 20 Minute Hours trio. Yeah, Neil, Neil and Sally um, put, a, put a lot of work into it. But um, it got advertised, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of months back now. 
Um, but it was a, an evening with um, Jeff Twentyman and Gary Hours. Um, it was at the Sarton Club at Bishopsworth. Um, and then as it as it transpired, um, they had guests Brian Tinney and Scott Murray. So it was kind of a you know a, um, a sofa area on the stage. Um, Jeff, Gary had the mics and, and obviously Tins and, and Scotty. And it was just them talking about their careers, um, favourite managers, favourite players, favourite goals, um, just giving some insight, you know, little, little bits and pieces. Tins was asked about players coming out of the academy. Um, and what was <laughs> what was quite funny, Jeff said that, that Tins crumpled like a cheap, um, I can't think what the phrase is now, but anyway. Cheap soup. Um, yeah, Chiefs, because he um, he gave the name of the lad um, that he was talking about, um, but but it was really relaxed and it was nice to see Tins relaxed and I don't ever feel like he's towing the party line necessarily, but he was able to be very open talking about. He told one story and I, I've read it actually in um, in a, a, a different autobiography of someone, but he was talking about Gaza. Um, and when they were at Newcastle together and Gaza took him home one day and he said to Gaza, just drop me off at the door. And with that, Gaza drives up onto his mum's lawn. Yeah, so Will, Will spins it and drops him off right at the door sort of thing. But it was just really nice. I'll tell you where you heard um, that, Matt. Go on. Um, Robin's reunited. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Brian Tinney and Mickey Bell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. I knew I'd seen it or heard it. Yeah. But, but it was that kind of evening it made me, I, I, I really like the, the guys from Radio Bristol, Rich and Ed, um, but it made me realise what Jeff brings. Um, so Jeff was kind of asking the questions, but would then go back with another question and challenge kind of thing. Um, so just a really, really good evening. And there, there were Rovers fans there as well. Um, there was a raffle um, to... Um, it money for charity, didn't it? Yeah, ironically, it was my ex-brother-in-law, um, was killed in a, an accident um, just outside of the Sarton Club going back sort of six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realise, but the auction that they had there was for a shirt was for, for the family. Um, and there was a, a, a guy, and I'm not going to embarrass him by naming names, but a guy who'd won it on the raffle and then put it back in for it to be auctioned. Um, and they raised a further couple of hundred quid on the auction. So it was brilliant. And there were, you know, friends of the podcast were there, there were a, it was a pie in two pints of part of the ticket, but just really relaxed. And I know they're planning to do more. Mm -hmm. um, I was chatting with 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 Neil quite a bit, and and we sort of chatting with Jeff afterwards. But they all stayed around for photographs and and having a chat. You know, you you know Patch for the time you spend with the the former players, what these people are like. Um, you know, they're they're normal people at the end of the day, aren't they? But mm. it was just a really really good evening. Um, and I've already said, you know, even if it's over at the Mem, I'll go to the next one just because I find it really enjoyable listening to their tales. Um, and it, it made me think as much as I enjoyed, and I did enjoy it, I know it got a bit of criticism, the Henning Chicken Fans Forum. I think having someone like Jeff asking the questions and maybe going out beforehand, mm -hmm. you know, what questions would you like? But Jeff asking them, because what, what Jeff will do you'll get the answer back, but then he will instantly ask a follow-up question. And I just feel, yeah, exactly. I just feel it would, 
you get more out of it from both sides, both from the club point of view and from the fans point of view. No, you know, I've no idea whether Jeff would even be interested, whether the club would entertain it, but it just made you sort of think, yeah, that would be a really good thing. But bottom line, and I've, I've waffled absolutely. And when they do more, I'd recommend yeah. it to anybody sport fan, Bristol city fan, Bristol Rovers fan, whoever yeah. really, really good evening. Really good evening. Absolutely. No, well said. And um, the other thing that happened last week, it was a bumper week for events, was the Alan Dix book launch as well. And I've seen a fantastic video on the Bristol City website uh, with a short sort of, I think it was about seven minutes long, actually. Um, And it had interviews with Jerry Sweeney, Tom Ritchie extracts from um speaking to to alan dix himself and also on facebook on subs bench there is a 30 minute full interview um you know the actual event itself with alan dix as well so lots of content out there for you to have a look at and uh yeah who loves everybody loves a bit of content on on that tenuous link patch i saw a a rather worrying photo on on um the weekend (laughs) of uh, two gentlemen that got their um their flat caps mixed up and one of them, it made it look like it was a giant that yeah. had sort of had the flat cap and uh, was on someone's head. Then, if you want to explain that a little bit, my friend. Yeah, I just, um, you know, was rushing out to get in, get out there in time for the start of the game, and uh, accidentally picked up Tom Ritchie's hat, and he picked up mine. So yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Tom very... couldn't see the game, could he? With the no, hat <laughs> no, no, two two very different sized heads. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, yeah. second half was 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 fine. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, good stuff. Right. Um, roll on to uh, Huddersfield away on Saturday. I'll have a trek. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's hope that that we can put in two halves uh, good, um, shifts. Good FA Cup draw as well. Oh so yeah, be West Ham away. A, that's uh, a new that's a new one for me. We don't know so, where, um, what date that will be yet. So unable to no, book wonder, trains and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I wondered if that would be a. Um, well, looking at the, the TV looking, one, yeah, looking at the, you know, it's quite a... it gave you like um highlights of the draw on BBC, and that that wasn't one of them. Um, oh, wasn't it? Uh, right, no, okay. so I would have, I'd be surprised. So hopefully, three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, if it had been, if it had been, uh, if we were at home, I'm guessing it would have been more of a chance for an yeah. upset, and the, the TV want to go for it, but yeah. I don't think down there it will be. I've been to the Olympic Park to watch the Foo Fighters, but never a football match. So yeah, be good. Looking forward to it. Right, we'll leave it there. Um, I'm I'm off to record a short synopsis um for the Huddersfield podcast. Now, um, I'm trying to remember what they record. What were they called, Matt? I sent you the text earlier. Mate, I don't know what day of the week it is. Tell anything else? Um, <laughs> it's the Terrier is something I would. No, think. no, takes that chance. The Huddersfield uh-huh. podcast. Um, so they want to know a bit of information so I shall do that shortly but uh, thanks for listening everybody thank you very much Mark Um, don't forget to follow us over on X at 3PIAPC and yeah we'll be back soon cheers everyone take care thanks guys see you later fellas